Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630, WLAP, the home of the cats. You'll be hearing from Kyle Tucker in just a bit. This edition of the show is brought to you by First Watch. We are got to talk Brad Calipari's possible transfer and um, some football news. Kyle and I actually talked as I hosted Big Blue Insider on Thursday evening, so you'll be hearing that conversation. And then at the end of this edition of the show, you'll be hearing some comments from John Calipari uh, that one of Kyle's colleagues at The Athletic uh, provided for us. So let's jump into that conversation Kyle and I had. Kyle, we got to start out with the most important thing. Hypothetically, how would we recover if we didn't have Brad Calipari's fashion to discuss next season for Kentucky basketball? be pretty tough. It would certainly make the uh, the hour before the game a little less dramatic. And uh, it would give people who like to be mad online about things fewer things to be mad online about. But, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think if Brad transfers, I think he seems like that's probably going to happen. Good for him. He got his degree in three years, got to hang out with his dad, uh, learn from his dad, and I think he wants to be a coach. But he's worked pretty hard in his game. He wants to go play somewhere. Good for him. Now, you, I often want, we, we often wonder about, you know, are you reacting sometimes too harshly to people online? Is it just such a, a minority of people who get mad about things that are semi-inconsequential? Uh, but I don't know if you saw it, Kyle. Well, actually, I know you saw it because I texted it to you. I made a little little video montage. I just I retweeted it from my account, and it is all of Brad Calipari's fantastic fashion choices uh, set to Sarah McLaughlin's "I Will Remember You" as background music. And immediately, I got two replies. Uh, my caption to the video is, "We are all going to miss Brad Calipari's fashion." Immediately, someone named Steven said, "Are we really though?" And that was followed up by Kelly Bruce, who said, "I'm not." I was over the nonsense long ago. Why do people care so much about an 18-year-old or what, 20-year-old's fashion choices? I don't know. And the funniest part of it is that I think some of the more outrageous choices you made were in a direct response to hearing people chirping about what he was wearing on the sideline and sort of rubbing it in their faces. And good for him. I think that's actually really funny. Um and uh, I think it's a, a perfectly fine way to handle it. I mean, you got adults telling you, you know, show some respect and wear Kentucky blue on the sideline. I mean, really? Does that matter? I mean, like, are any of the coaches wearing, like, uniforms? It's odd, the idea that if you're on the sideline, you have to be wearing the school colors. You know, um, you know that's sometimes... I, I, think Brad, I, think Brad, I think Brad has school pride. You know, he's lived in Lexington you know, more than half his life. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's, just, it's strange to me. And I think I thought it was really funny that the, that his response was to, like, wear even weirder stuff. And um, just get under anybody's skin. Because it is fairly ridiculous if you're wasting any energy being mad about what Brad Calipari is wearing when he's not playing. Not only is he, like, a, not a, he's not even a scholarship player who's not playing, or you're mad at him because he 
you think he's protecting his NBA draft stock like has happened a couple times. He's just a walk-on dude, a coach's son, who sat out the whole year. Who cares what he's wearing over there? And uh, the most kind of fun one that he had is when he had a... Well, my two favorites were when he did the Reed Travis's Thanos t-shirt that he printed himself, and I believe he did the photoshops himself. He put Reed Travis's face on Thanos, uh, the Marvel supervillain's uh, body, um, and then he made the t-shirt that said, in memory of when I cared, and wore that after some people had called him out. So I got nothing uh, but positive uh, things to say about Brad Calipari uh, and his fashion choices. Yeah, I'm good with it. And uh, he's going to make some small school. I assume he's going to go down a level or two to find a, a playing opportunity. Uh, he's going to make make some school uh, sideline a lot more interesting. Uh, although I guess he'll probably the idea is he's going to go and wear an actual uniform and be able to play. But well, well, to hopefully your, his pregame his pregame gear will be uh, will be on point. To your earlier point, it often gets brought up every once in a while when people start talking about Major League Baseball that it's kind of silly that the managers there wear the uniform. Can you imagine John Calipari in some basketball shorts <laughs> and the tank top? <laughs> um, but I, you, I mean, I'm for it. I, I I would be too. That would be rather entertaining. I can just imagine. You know, he would have great great shoes because uh, that's the thing that he does have going for him. Drake provides those for him. I will say this though, Kyle. I I think that there might be a possibility that he comes back to Kentucky if there isn't a place where he feels one hundred percent comfortable going to. I mean, just putting your tra- name in the transfer portal doesn't mean that you've cut all ties and and obviously in this situation there isn't going to be any hard feelings either way considering your dad's the coach yeah and i don't it's not like to my knowledge i don't think that says i'm going somewhere he just put his name in the transfer portal and someone found that um you know it may be as simple as like seeing if there's a fit i mean who knows there may not be uh there may not be one that he's you know is feels acceptable to him and in that case um. Yeah, I mean, there's. I'm sure the door is wide open for him to come back if he wants to come back. Yeah, uh, I definitely think that's that's true. Um, I would think Miss Cal is cool with that. That that'll be now. That'll be an interesting thing. Uh, she's really gotten into like being there for Brad's games, uh, and even though he didn't play last year, um, if he goes somewhere else, does does Miss Calipari, who's really burst onto the scene and kind of come out of her shell here in the Kentucky community, does she does she disappear again and go on the road to, to follow up with Brad's game? Yeah, uh, that would be something. Um, and speaking, we'll wrap up the Calipari family talk here. Uh, Megan Calipari tweeted out, you guys, I found out that Brad Calipari was transferring just now on Twitter. <laughs> that was tweeted yeah. after it was, I think at Evan Daniels, or there might have been other people, he was the first tweet I saw uh, who mentioned that uh, Brad Calipari was in the transfer portal, so that that was kind of funny to me. Yeah, yeah, she and somebody followed up with her, and I mean, I could have maybe thought she was joking, but she said, no, I really I had to text him to confirm that this was real. So I guess the uh, Calipari family dinners on vacation are not uh, spent talking about Brad's future plans. Well, that's, that's probably, that's like business. No one wants to talk business when you're hanging out with family in a lot of instances. So that, that'd be the family business. Uh, Kyle, let's, let's move on. Um, You did an extensive breakdown of, that was published on The Athletic. um, 
and you looked at the guys that are coming back, and this is pretty close to the formula uh, that gets the most success under John Calipari at Kentucky from a uh, roster balance of uh, returners and talented freshmen. Yeah, uh, you know, it didn't quite hit the threshold that I've you know mentioned before. Thirty percent points, thirty percent rebounds coming back um, in in the four teams that he's had with that mix plus a top two recruiting class because he's just one of those every year. Um, he's gone to the Elite Eight, the Final Four, the National Championship game, and won it all. Um, so you know, I think it's fair to categorize every team he's had that had at least thirty percent of its points and rebounds back was a legitimate national championship contender. Uh, and two of them have played for the national title. So that's a good miss. It stands to reason that he always gets really good young guys, and if he gets a decent veteran core around him, that usually uh, goes very well. This year's team has, I think, 27% of the points, 30% of the rebounds, but then a bunch of you know 40-plus percent in assists, steals, and blocks uh, coming back, I think, over half of their blocks are back, and Nick Richards and EJ Montgomery, the two guys who made their decisions in the last couple of days. So um, there's some real experience there. There's four former five-star recruits um, who are back as sophomores or juniors um, from Kentucky, and then you add Nate Sestina, who's a senior, a graduate transfer from Bucknell. That's five guys who uh, have college starting experience. Um, four of them have at least ten starts in college, uh, and all five of those um, guys have played real minutes in NCAA tournament games. Um, even Nate Sestina has played in two different NCAA tournament games. So um, that's a really good, I think, core of guys with a class that, you know, until Memphis kept just wouldn't stop adding players, was going to be the number one class in the country. I think that's, uh, that's an ideal mix for Cal. First Watch is now the official breakfast of UK Athletics, and it was recently voted Lexington's best breakfast. They've got this delicious thing called a million-dollar bacon. Been telling you about it for a while now, guys, and they got a ton of other dishes and even some seasonal dishes. So if you haven't been there in a while, go check out the new menu items. First Watch is just a breakfast and lunch spot. They're open from 7 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. every day, but they've also got a mobile app which allows you to check in on wait times and get in line before you even get there. They've got three restaurants in Lexington, which are all locally owned, and a few over in Louisville and up in Cincinnati, too. So if you're listening to this, there's a good chance that there is one close to you. First watch. Yeah, it's fresh. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You know, speaking of guys coming back, um, we, we talked about this on the podcast uh, we do together yesterday, and uh, Louisville got a big piece back in uh, Jordan Wara, and but I was still kind of surprised, and maybe I just hadn't been paying close enough attention. But they're getting like top five talk, and I, I'm seeing like people who follow basketball saying, "I'm going to go put money on them to win the championship because right now they're a really good value with what they have coming back." I, I went back and looked because I was trying to like jog my memory. I mean, they lost nine of their last 13 games. They they kind of went out on a whimper. Now, granted, the ACC had a ton of talented teams. Uh, obviously, North Carolina, Duke, Virginia won the championship. Uh, many of those games, were, many of those losses were against those teams, so I'm not, like, faulting them for losing. But, I mean, Kyle, are you buying into the hype of Louisville? I don't know if I buy as much of the hype as is out there, but, I mean, I think they're going to be really good. Um, I think it's a probably a top-ten team. 
because they did finish with a whimper, but I thought overall it was a really successful first year for Chris Mack. Um, he got him to the NCAA tournament. They got him but, you know, he had a team that, you know, challenged Virginia that should have beaten Duke. I mean, they were blowing Duke out. And, you know, obviously it turned into this epic collapse. But they were, at one point, just demolishing a really, really, really good uh, Duke team. And so I, I thought they overachieved to a, to a point. Uh, that narrative that gets a little bit uh, dampened by the way they finished. But, you know, 75% of the way through the season, I think anybody would have said uh, they were overachieving last year. And then on top of it, they're adding, what, a top 10 recruiting class? I, I can't remember where their uh, class is ranked, but they've got a bunch of really good good players coming in. Yeah, I don't I don't know where it is. It's ranked off the top of my head, but they're, they're having a McDonald's All-American and a high, highly rated four-star guy that Kentucky fans might remember because uh, they were kind of in the recruitment a little bit and Aiden Igihan. Um, so they're getting a ton of talent to add with that experience. I think that they're going to be good, but it maybe it just kind of popped considering where everybody thought Louisville was going to be after Rick Pitino got fired in the year under pageant, and, and Chris Mack has turned that all the way around from an expectation standpoint so quickly. I just am curious, if you know, will that end up like being too much to kind of bear in a second season? Yeah, I mean, it certainly has the potential to be sort of a setup uh, you know, you know, uh, build you up to tear you down type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I, I would, I would guess, I don't know. It's that's a, that's a good like, debate question. If you're Chris Mack, do you want this hype because it gets your your program out there and it you know makes it maybe easier to recruit and things like that? And you want fans excited and you want visibility, or do you not want it this soon because of the the albatross of of expectation around your neck? Um, you know, the the words Final Four were being thrown out all over the place yesterday about Louisville, Final Four contender. And I don't think that's crazy based on, you know, what I just said about them and what I think about their roster and what they have coming in. But if you're Chris Mack as a second-year coach, do you want any part of that? I don't know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure. That's, that's definitely a double-edged sword because I'm sure he wants the fan base fired up. And I, I, I gather they really are now. Um, but how much extra heat like like if he has a 24 25 win season next season um but they you know lose in the second round of the ncaa tournament is or the sweet 16 are people disappointed i don't know um, I, I don't think they'd be disappointed with the sweet 16 probably given everything that program's been through um but if they you know if they have like a really good season that you would say second year coach dealing with what louisville's been dealing with this was a really solid season, except for the fact that the expectations were Final Four contender. I, I don't know if you want that. Uh, last thing that I just wanted to talk about uh, was the fact that UK football uh, released some impressive numbers, um, and the the tickets sold are have already surpassed the the season tickets. That is surpassed all of last season. Um, as of Thursday, Kentucky has sold thirty thousand six hundred twelve season tickets, up from thirty thousand uh, two hundred twelve sold uh, in two thousand eighteen. Uh, included in that total are three thousand four hundred seventy new season tickets and pocket passes. Uh, Mark Snoop speaking about expectations. He's he's got and fan base is getting fired up. It seems that like things are really starting to take off. And I mean, 
Makes sense, Kyle. <laughs> Ten wins, signing dudes that are not signing dudes, but getting commitments from dudes that are that are five stars. Obviously, they won't be on the roster this year, but I, I can get why why UK fans would want to buy up these tickets now. Yeah, you would you know you would hope that what the the things that are happening would happen after a historic year. Uh, you know, a three kind of a three year slow burn leading up to this you know huge historic year. You know, you go to three straight bowl games, you finally break through, you win 10, you win a big bowl game, you beat a name opponent like Penn State, you end the Florida streak. What you would hope would happen when you finally have that breakthrough season is that you would get a, another bump still in recruiting, you know, get another higher caliber guy than you've been getting, uh, which is happening. You just mentioned they've, they've got a top 10 overall recruit. They got the, you know, star quarterback in the state and the star offensive lineman in the state. Um, and then you would hope your fans buy in a little bit more because, you know, even halfway through last year, there were some fans that were on the fence about, you know, thinking in previous years that, you know, five win seasons that could have been bowl games were letdowns. And then the year before, the seven win season felt like it should have been a nine or ten win season, a little bit of a letdown, you know, holding on and, and, and still in the back of their mind saying, are we going to be let down again? kind of waited all the way to the very end to really buy in. You hope, if you have a season like that, if you're Mark Stoops, that the fan base goes, okay, now I'm all the way in. And, it, you know, it seems like that's at least trending that way. I mean, 30000 is still not uh, a massive number to me. I mean, like, I don't think that's where it's going to end. It's, it's notable that it's still early spring, uh, and they've already sold more than all of last year combined, or total, but, um, you know, you want to get to a point where you're selling out 40-plus thousand season tickets and going into the season knowing you're going to have a full stadium. But I think it will be. I think their season opener is going to be a packed house because people want to see, can they build on this thing? Yeah. The Bryant-Kobach revenge game, man. Yeah, Toledo. Not holy really. Toledo. Not, did you say holy Toledo? I did. I'm supposed to make the stupid puns in this, this pairing, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna sing the Johnny the Johnny Juzang hype train song for the for your radio radio listeners, or are you gonna make them listen to our podcast? If you, ma- I will just direct them to the podcast since you eloquently set me up for that. Uh, yeah, I make train noises on the last edition of Locked On Kentucky because uh, Kyle Tucker really really likes Johnny Juzang and in is conducting the. Johnny Juzang hype train. So if you want to hear me make some train noises, just go to your favorite podcast player, search Locked On Kentucky, um, and give it a listen. Coming up next, we'll hear those com some. Coming up next, we'll hear some comments from John Calipari. But before that, I do want to tell you guys that today's show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. Remember to get this show every day. Subscribe to Locked on Kentucky on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked on Kentucky. This is Locked on Kentucky, your team every day. John Calipari was at the SEC meetings earlier this week, and Seth Emerson of The Athletic, Kyle's colleague, got some comments for us. The first one you're going to hear here is Calipari talking about EJ and 
Nick Richards, EJ Montgomery and Nick Richards. This was before EJ made his announcement official, but it's pretty clear uh, what John Calipari thinks of him, so that's why he'll refer to him and if he comes back. Happy Nick's back for him and for us, but for him. Um, and it's if guys are going to be forced to play minutes. Like if EJ comes back, I'm like, are you ready to play 30 minutes a game? Are you ready to be that guy that PJ was a year ago? Your talent level tells me you should say, I'm going to be better than him. I'm going to have more of an impact because I'm block shot. But they they got to want that and take that. So but we'll, we'll see. John Calipari also had some thoughts that he has talked about before about the new G League proposal about guys coming straight from high school and going into the G League. I just don't like the whole look of it. I don't like the smell of it. I don't like why they're doing it and why they would encourage G League. Don't, don't tell me, well, these kids don't want to go to college. I didn't want to go to college. I had to go and I figured out how to do what I had to do. And My kids, I've had, what, five straight A students? So don't say that. Don't blanket that none of these kids want to be in college right now. We have five kids that have returned that are doing classwork to Kari, Julius, John Wall. I mean, we got guys coming back now that are working to finish up their degree. So by saying no kid wants to be in college and can play basketball, it's not. Don't say that. You say it, and then say it enough and say it enough, and then act like it's true. It's a lie. It's another lie. Speaking of guys skipping high school, that is exactly what R.J. Hampton did. He is going over to the Australian League to play for the New Zealand Breakers. Um, John Calipari thought that might pop be a possibility, but he was about a little surprised about where Hampton ended up playing. I was surprised New Zealand, um, but I heard that he was trying to uh, to do that. So, and again, you know, we're going to see how it plays out. You can't say whether it was good or bad until the result. What's the result? If, it, if he if he's all of a sudden drafted in the top five picks and, or whatever it is, fine. Well, if he doesn't and he struggles and now all of a sudden he goes the wrong way, probably not a good move. But it, until he goes through it, none of us know. But I wish him well. He's a good kid, good family. You think that's the start of a trend? I mean, no. no. Again, there's been one other guy or two other guys do it. So... Finally, John Calipari loves to offer solutions, and this edition of him talking to the media was no different. He was giving ideas that he had discussed previously, but I always like to share them because, in honesty, they're just really interesting to me, and they seem like a good idea. It's kind of surprising some other college coaches maybe haven't got on board with them. One of the things I believe we have to do is we got to take over August, like spring football. We got to have August, and we got to have exhibition games amongst each other. They got to be televised. We got to do all accesses. We got to use a two-week period where maybe each program you have a week, four or five days of practice, a couple days to play games, and it's all within that window. But that window, you get your seven days within that two or three-week window. Um, do it during summer school so they're not missing. Maybe add two days to their summer, but they're playing games, so they're happy as hell. I mean, we got to do something. We got summer league in July. How about three on three basketball? Now we got millionaire basketball. If you win, you win a million or two million. Well, those those are our opportunities. And if you say, well, that 
that's not what we do. That's not what we're about. It better be what you're about because this thing will go south real fast. And then all the money we're making in basketball to run all these other things starts going south, and it changes real fast. Thanks so much for listening to this edition of Locked On Kentucky. Please follow me and Kyle on social media. I'm at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Kyle is at Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. Read Kyle's work on The Athletic. Listen to me weeknights 6 to 8 p.m. on Big Blue Insider and Sunday mornings 9 to noon on WLAP Sunday morning sports talk. Thanks again to First Watch for sponsoring this edition of the show. And a reminder... Wednesday, we will be live from Grassroots Pharmacy at noon. So come, hang with us, meet us, shake our hands, give Kyle a big old hug. Thanks again for listening, guys. Please rate, please review, please subscribe, and most importantly, please share this podcast with somebody else who would enjoy. We'll talk to you soon. You are locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.